Welcome to the Woke and Worthy podcast. I'm your host, Jess Kwasney, intuitive business coach, healer, and spiritual junkie. My mission is to empower and support entrepreneurs just like you to build a legacy, not just a business. The life of an entrepreneur isn't always an easy one, which is why my goal is to help you navigate the seasons of life and business. From the breakdowns to the breakthroughs, I don't spare any details on this roller coaster ride of being an entrepreneur. Here, we are unapologetically relentless in our pursuit to build badass businesses and even better lives. Each week, we are diving into all things mindset, energetics, and the strategies that you need to grow your business to over six figures. Let's dive in. Hello, my awakened babes, and welcome back to another week. This week, I'm excited because I get to share with you a podcast that I was actually interviewed for um, with the incredible woman behind Blissfully Bloom, and that is Victoria LeBlanc. And what we ended up diving into was talking about all things of letting go of limiting beliefs and how to start healing your inner child. So I'm really, really excited about this conversation and I feel like it just fits so well right now with everything that we've been talking about. So I'm excited to share that with you. And just a little bit of backstory behind Victoria, but she is a self-love and spiritual coach who is the founder of Blissfully Bloom. And what her whole goal is, is to empower women to love themselves unconditionally, heal their anxious mindsets and discover their own inner bliss. So I am so excited to share this episode with you and I'm even more excited because Victoria is going to be a guest in the upcoming weeks here on the show so I can't wait to share more about her and everything that she is doing in the world. So if you would like to connect with Victoria, you can find her on Instagram at blissfully.bloom. She also has the podcast and a YouTube channel as well, and you can see all of her information in the notes of the podcast episode. But again, I'm so excited that she is allowing me to share this with you guys, and I'm excited for when she comes on and graces the woke and worthy and all of you with her presence as well. So without further ado, here is our podcast episode. Now, I have a special guest here with me today, Jess Quanzi. Hello, Jess. How are you? Hi, I'm amazing. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm so happy to have you here today on the show. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> Yay. So my first question that I usually ask all my guests, my first question is, what is one powerful lesson you have learned that has basically shifted your whole world or was really life-changing for you? I think the biggest lesson for me is how important our our mindset and the belief in ourself truly is. I think lots of the times we can look to things outside of us. We look to podcasts, we look to mentors, we look to coaches, we look to journaling, affirmations, all these tools which are incredible but really what it all comes back to is is yourself and who you are for yourself at the end of the day. And I think working with my mindset continuously and understanding it and learning more about myself has been what has absolutely changed everything for me. Wow, I love that. And I do feel like what you just said, it kind of reminds me of having that intuitive 
ability as well and like trusting yourself in it all yes well and like with intuition too like have i'm sure you've probably heard other people who said i'm not intuitive i don't have any intuition and the truth is we are all intuitive but it's through our life that we actually like shut down that ability to trust ourselves to have that external or like that internal guidance right like we have all had those moments in our lives where we have that gut feeling and really that is your intuition which you can totally work with so yeah it's so cool We have come on the show today to really talk about limiting beliefs, inner child healing, and a little bit of the chakras. We're going to discuss it a little bit too. But my first question before we get into any of that is I really would like for you to share a bit about your own healing journey. Okay, my, oh, I feel like, how much time do we have? Just kidding. Um, I feel like my healing journey was meant to start way before it did meaning i was getting nudges when i was like 18 or 19 and again it's more of those intuitive hits that you you don't you kind of ignore because you're not quite ready for it yet right Mm -hmm. and to make a long story really really short i think what really really changed everything for myself and my own healing is i went through a lot of trauma as in my late teens not big T trauma, little T trauma. I was in an emotionally abusive relationship turned physically abusive. And what I didn't realize is what an impact that had on me and how many of the wounds, how many of the protection mechanisms, the walls that I put up for myself really, really needed to come down. And I just carried that with me and I carried it with me until I was in my mid twenties and just recognized like, I was really conflicted because we get to a point where we're doing the work, but nothing seems to work. The same patterns keep coming up. You keep calling the same situations or the same people into your life. And you're like, what is, what's wrong with me? It's like, there's nothing wrong with you. It's just understanding why you keep repeating these patterns from a sense of keeping yourself safe. But until we understand what we're keeping ourselves safe from, we can't really allow ourselves to truly heal it. So I think that's kind of where everything started for me. And it was when I started really doing that work. And I would say I had my pretty massive spiritual awakening in my later 20s, which is where I'm at now. So yeah, sorry, that was Cole's notes version of all the things. Uh, Well, that's very interesting. I think that those patterns that you've mentioned kept coming up. And maybe it was because the inner work that you were doing maybe only was working for like the surface level things. And there were were things in there that still needed to have more attention on or more focus on. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think one thing as well too, there's, there's one thing about having self-awareness. We can be self-aware that, oh, we, we procrastinate or we put everybody before ourselves or we burn ourselves out or we, again, we get into these patterns. There's a difference between the self-awareness and actually knowing, okay, why do I do this? And how do I stop this from happening again? Or how can I love myself into something that's more, I don't want to say practical, that's the wrong word. Just like that's more loving for me, right? Yeah, that is probably the deeper things too we tend to avoid because they they are deep. They can be a little bit uncomfortable, more uncomfortable than those surface level things. So if we really do take that time to 
nurture ourselves and, and nourish ourselves again. No, and I think you made a really, really good point too, is that doing the deep inner work. And so when I talk about the deep inner work, we've all experienced trauma in our life to, to varying degrees, right? We've, we've all experienced, and it's looking at that and understanding how we're still carrying bits of that through our life. And like you said, it's, it is uncomfortable, which is why so many of us avoid it. But the difference is just because it's uncomfortable doesn't mean that it has to be painful. In order to heal it, I truly believe that you need to feel it. Our emotions are just energy and motion. And as human beings in general, we have not been taught how to properly handle and manage our emotions, right? Which is why, like you say, when we go into that deep inner work, if it feels uncomfortable if it feels painful if we feel shame if we feel guilt anger anything like that we've been taught to shut those emotions down because they're bad these aren't this isn't positive vibes how right and that's Mm -hmm. absolutely not the case and it's when we judge ourselves for feeling those emotions that we give so much more meaning to it than it needs and we put ourselves into again just that repetitive spiral over and over and over Uh, and what just came to mind to me was that quote, good vibes only. And I feel like oh, that, has, <laughs> that has been instilled. And for me, I think it affected me. And like any time that Cooper and I would get in that, that's my boyfriend, we would get into yes. an argument. I had this like good vibes only, like, no, 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 there can't be anything, any tension, good vibes only. I feel like that's preventing your own healing and your own growth and your own expansion, if that's what you're going to. I I like to say too, sometimes, not even sometimes, I feel like our biggest breakdowns are the catalysts for our biggest breakthroughs because it's in those uncomfortable situations you learn the lesson, right? Change doesn't happen within our comfort zone. And when we avoid those uncomfortable feelings, you, again, like you said, no, there can't be any tension. It's just got to be like all good. And there was really something that was coming up for you. And it probably, when you addressed it, you built an even stronger and deeper connection with him. Your communication probably improved and your relationship flourished by looking at that instead of sweeping it under the rug. And it's when we continuously sweep things under the rug, then it's going to get to a point where you can't ignore it anymore because you're going to be smacked in the face with it, right? Like driving it on into like a wall. (laughs) (laughs) True. So my next question I have for you is what are limiting beliefs and how do we start to place these limitations on ourselves? So limiting beliefs are exactly like it sounds. It's any sort of belief that we have about ourselves, what's possible for ourselves or for our life that limits us. These are created right from when we're children, right? Right from when we're children, when we're told what's possible, when we see what's possible for us, Lots of the times through the lens of what our families have gone through, what we see is possible for us. And we start to look at our life through the lens of what is possible based on what I know versus what is possible based on what I think I can achieve. And truly, we are our potential is limitless as human beings, but we have instances and circumstances in our lives where we feel like we're not enough we're not smart enough, we don't know enough, we didn't come from the right family, we don't have the right money, it's not possible for us because it hasn't happened for anybody else in our in our family. And we really start to, again, we put a box on our potential and what's possible for us. And it can be 
again, just dependent on society as a whole, where you grew up, what you were accustomed to, even just through the information that you take through social media. And you can view things through a lens of, oh, well, they're the exception because, they're the exception because they have money to invest in themselves. They're in the exception because they never had to deal with this. They're the exception because we start to create all of these stories for ourselves, which like, I just want to say this again, this is not from a place of judgment. We as humans all experience this in a varying sense of degrees, right? Every single one of us will have these parameters that we put around ourselves. I think too, in this lifetime, it's almost about remembering our potential as well. I and love that you said remembering. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And coming back to that place of just no limitations and all love and belief in ourselves and trust in ourselves again, because I, I do think of a little kid who may be having this dream of becoming an astronaut and then the limitations start to, you know, he starts to put himself in this box and then, oh, I'm just going to work for NASA. And then it becomes just, oh, I'm going to be a scientist. And then it becomes, oh, no, I'm just going to do the research for scientists. I love, I want to come back to the remembering because it's something that I feel sits with me so much is it's about, like you said, remembering who you are before who you were taught to be. And it's this process of unlearning everything that you were taught to do, that you think you should do, that society tells you to do and know coming back to, to who we are at our core. And that can be one of the most confusing journeys we go on because we're always, we've been taught to that who we are is our labels. And that's really not the case, but we also haven't been taught to understand who we are outside of all of those labels. Sometimes it's so hard to picture ourselves in that space of, oh, limitless and all these possibilities happening if it's not happening right now, but yes. that doesn't mean that it's not going to. Yes, exactly. So I really want to dive into how we can start to transform these disempowering, most of the time limiting beliefs into ones that are more empowering for us and that can serve us better. Okay. So a process that I really love to go through is, again, like you said, you touched on, we do lots of the surface level work that doesn't get us to understanding what's underneath that, what's at the core of that. And that's why I believe things like journaling, meditation, affirmations, reframing beliefs, all those sort of things. I like to think of it as kind of the work, like just like you would work out for your body, right? You're going to go to the gym, you're going to lift weights, you're going to go do yoga, you're going to ride the bike, whatever you're going to do. Those other tools are the workout for your mental and emotional state. Now, in order for us to reframe and rewrite your story, it's understanding why did I create this in the first place? So if you do have a limiting belief for yourself, and I don't know, maybe if, like, I know you deal with women who are like, want to love themselves unconditionally, and they've never been taught to love themselves. And so for them saying, I fully and completely love, honor, forgive and accept myself, or I fully and completely love and honor myself, immediately, what she's going to say, depending on what happened for her in her life is, no, I don't, I do not love myself, right? So it's pulling back the layers and understanding, okay, why is that? Who taught you to believe that it's not safe to love yourself? When was 
the first instance in your life? What was that first age for yourself when, when you're thinking, okay, at what age do I feel like I couldn't love myself? And what I love to do with this practice as well too is not overthink that. So whatever number it is that comes to you first, don't second guess that. And lots of the times those those numbers will come up when when we're young and in our childhood years. We're like, well, why couldn't I love myself then? And maybe it's a matter of you didn't get the attention that you desired from your parents. Maybe you had a sibling who you felt was the favorite over you. Maybe you felt like you had to work really, really hard to get any recognition from your parents. Or maybe you were someone who was told that kids are meant to be seen, not heard. So there was just like bits of you that felt, oh, well, maybe I don't actually feel totally loved. Or maybe in school, you were someone who was really bullied and you didn't have a lot of friends and for you missing out on that connection you were missing sure you had love in your home but maybe you didn't have the love of friendships and those other deeper connections and building them for myself and some traumas that I had to work through was this is very harsh to say but how worthless I felt coming out of that relationship it was a lot lots of gaslighting very narcissistic and it really was not love, but he made me feel like it was, which it was not. And I just questioned after that, like, am I actually worthy of love? Like, what does love actually look like? Because all that I was taught to learn about love was that it was toxic, that it hurt, that I had to, I couldn't talk to certain people. I had to cut people out of my life, which is why this is kind of funny coming back full circle to my story. When I met my now husband, it is the easiest love, the most unconditional, I'm gonna get emotional, um, love that I've ever experienced. And I would sabotage that a lot because I didn't feel worthy of it because that wasn't a love that I knew. That didn't feel safe to me. So I was always waiting for something to happen and it would never happen and it would never happen. So it was teaching myself to feel safe in a love that was like actually true love, right? Sorry, that was very long-winded. I hope I answered the question there. Yeah, and really with it, it's, and this is where you're talking about how it can be uncomfortable, those feelings, but it's understanding where it started first. And I'm sure we'll get into inner child too, but it's understanding what is the part of us that isn't, doesn't feel like it's safe, doesn't feel like it's heard or that it's understood. And when we can understand where we created that story for us, that we can't be loved, that we can't have success, that we can't do whatever thing we believe we can, like where we have the thought, I can do this, but when we can understand what created the but, what is underneath that at a core level, that's really where you can start to have that conversation with yourself and change, change the story, change the paradigm, change the narrative. Because if you're just continuing to reframe a belief and think positive thoughts and shift yourself out of the uncomfortable emotion that's coming up without understanding why it's coming up. It's again where we start repeating the same patterns and experiencing the same feelings and we think, oh, why do I keep ending up here? What am I doing wrong? You're not doing anything wrong. You're just not allowing yourself to feel fully. Mm. And I love how you said you mentioned the but like, oh, maybe I can do this, but nah, because like we mentioned before, we were born with infinite potential and this limitation was learned. Yes. 
There you go. That's a perfect. <laughs> yes, it, it's a learned behavior. Yeah. And what might sound conflicting there, as you say that, Victoria, people listening say, but it's me who does it. Absolutely, mm-hmm. it is you who, who did it, but you did it from a place to protect yourself. You did it from a place so that you wouldn't have to experience that emotion again. So it's you who created an action to a response of a way that you didn't want to feel. So yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a learned limitation where you created an action to avoid yourself from ever feeling that way. Like this pain doesn't feel comfortable, this guilt, this disappointment, this fear, this whatever. So it's like learn limitation, learn limitation. Let's just keep building up the walls. Right. (laughs) I love that. So my next question is how, or what if it becomes really difficult letting these limiting beliefs go Maybe we think they're part of our identity and losing them would be like the end of the world. And then you keep reaffirming this belief over and over and over and over, over again. So what would you suggest for that? Quite honestly, I would, I would suggest working with somebody. It's not to say that you can't, but when you're coming to a place where it doesn't feel, where it doesn't feel safe for you. And like you said, yeah, I've been this way my whole life. Who am I after that? You get to be whoever you want to be, but that can be really, really terrifying. So to have somebody to support you through that in whatever way that may be, they're exactly what you help women with, with EFT, with all these different healing modalities that we have, it can be really scary understanding who we are for the first time when we feel like we haven't known who we've, who we've been our whole lives. And I would definitely say working with somebody to support you through that, who has been there, who can hold your hand to create this new identity for yourself that, that feels safe. I think that's the hugest thing is that it, it might not feel safe and it's not going to feel safe because you are changing, however old you are, you are changing a learned behavior, a learned pattern, a learned limitation that you've known your whole entire life. So yeah, you're shedding one identity to really solidify in your true identity. And that's going to be scary as hell. You are going to freak out over that and allowing that to be part of the process too, because it's going to be scary until it's not. Mm-hmm. And it's just allowing yourself to choose what is the story that I want to believe in? Which is the story that I want to write for my life? Is it one of, I don't want to say victim, but is it one of this like lack of belief in myself? Is it one of not feeling like enough? Is it one of not loving myself? Is it one of constantly critiquing myself and undermining myself and what's possible for me? Or do you want to start fueling the story where your success is inevitable, where you love yourself wholly and completely, where the only person you need to love is yourself. And when you love yourself, everyone around you loves you even more because how people treat you is a direct reflection of how you treat yourself. So there's a lot that needs to happen there as as well. It's like a mirror. (laughs) Yes, exactly a mirror. Don't break it. You'll have seven years bad luck. Just kidding. (laughs) Back to what you said about it being scary. I do feel like the brain does not like change. And so there may be some resistance to that as you are evolving and growing and stepping into this new version of yourself. But it's trusting that this is all part of the process, like Jess said, and leaning into it. It's like our brains are truly wired for safety, not success. So if we woke up and did the same thing every day, day in, day out, the monotonous, nothing is changing. Our brains are so happy. Our subconscious is like, yes, 
This is autopilot. This is great. I don't have to do anything. My job is easy. And it's the moment that you're stepping outside of your comfort zone where it's like all these alarms are going off. It's like, no, we were supposed to be on autopilot. You're taking the wrong route. Reroute, reroute, right? Like all, all systems are out of funk, but it's outside our comfort zone where the growth truly happens. Yes, yes. And now let's move on and go to a topic that I am very interested in, and I hope that the listeners will get a lot out of this, this topic as well. And it is the inner child. So can you explain what the inner child is and how we can heal these wounds, these old wounds that are a part of us? And is there a guideline or steps you would like to share about that? Okay, so our inner child is just as it sounds. And kind of like you said before, Victoria, it's the part of us that believes anything is possible. It's the part of us that when asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? We said an astronaut, a movie star, a rock star, a doctor, whatever it may be, right? It's that childlike part of us that dreams as if there's no limitations. Mm -hmm. And truly, all we are as adults, we are our own inner child walking around. Like anytime when we're feeling like things aren't working out, when we're doubting ourselves, when we're in fear of failure, fear of success, like anything that's coming up where we feel like we're experiencing, we're too emotional, we don't know what's going on. It's kind of just your inner child having a temper tantrum. We create patterns that we've lived our entire life for what's possible for us. If you're somebody who, as you were growing up, were taught that children are seen, not heard, and maybe now as an adult, you have a really, really hard time speaking up. You have a hard time saying no. You have a hard time setting boundaries. Maybe as a child, you found that when you got praised the most was when you did really, really well in school. And so you've now become an overachiever or you're that A-type personality where everything has to be done properly. Maybe you were the person who kept the peace as you were growing up. You were the fixer, you were the helper, you were, you were there. And now those tendencies have turned to be where you're kind of a people pleaser. You worry more about what people think about you and how other people are doing than you think about yourself. So it's, it's really your inner child is a part of you every single day. And lots of the times why we create these patterns for ourselves and how this continues on is because our inner child is almost overstimulated, right? It's the adult part of us that this like conscious part of us that ignores that that part is there. So your inner child is going into overdrive and saying, okay, hold on. If you're not going to like, if you're not going to listen to me, what's going on, I'm just going to like pick up the pace and I'm going to do everything for you. Whereas an adult, we need to see when these patterns are coming up, why we do certain things and mm -hmm really take back the reins and recognize and say, hey, I understand why we created this pattern. I understand why you feel you need to do this, but I, I got this. And so one thing, like a practice that I really, really love to do is exactly that when I'm feeling overwhelmed, when I'm feeling anxious, when I'm feeling stressed out, I like to understand and look, okay, what is the story that I'm I'm telling myself? What is the story that I believe? I'll just give an example of this. So I run, obviously I, I run my own business and I've burned myself out more times than I can count. Not something I'm proud of. So this year for me is really all about 
boundaries. Boundaries in my business, boundaries between work and life because my business has bled into being my whole life. And what I recognized was that I have this fear of that I'm falling behind and there is wounded masculine energy in there, meaning like if I don't feel like I'm always doing something, if I'm not being productive, then I'm not valuable. And what I understood when I look at this from where was that story created? From a little child, I understood that when I was praised the most was when I was doing good, when I was excelling at whatever it was I was doing. We were always taught to get good grades in school. And I recognized that I wasn't praised for how well I did since I was a little child. And so what's happened is I've taken this belief with me that if I'm not overachieving, if I'm not excelling, if, I, if I'm not exceeding the goals that I'm setting for myself, then what I'm doing isn't enough. And when I'm not where I want to be, my inner child comes up and kicks into overdrive and says, well, you need to be doing more. You need to be adding more hours. You need to be doing this, that, and the other thing. When really at the end of the day, she, this part of me just wanted to know that what I was doing was enough because I wasn't getting that praise. And so she was looking for that praise. And because she wasn't getting that praise, she kept going more and more. I need to do more. I need to be more. I need to have more, 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 more. It's like, slow down. You're doing enough. But me, as the adult that I am today, wasn't seeing her and allowing her to say, you are doing enough. It's okay. You don't have to do more. And so lots of the times we don't give ourselves our own validation. We look to other people. We look to circumstances. We look to achievements, milestones to validate ourselves. And the longer that we look to external validation or like external circumstances to validate ourselves, the longer we will need validation because the only validation that we need is truly with ourselves. So it's understanding where you're not giving yourself that validation that, hey, you're doing a great job and everything that you do is enough and you are enough and you get to be enough just as you are now. It's like those things that you were striving so hard as a child to hear that you didn't hear as much as you needed to. Mm, And I think maybe it stems from if you didn't get it as a child and you feel like it may be like a bit awkward to tell yourself those things and it feels kind of uh, a little bit, uh, I don't yeah. know. I don't know if this is right to be my own supporter or my own best friend or to validate my own self. So yeah, I definitely, definitely can hear that. Do you think, is there any types of a mini guideline or just like a basic guideline of how to do the inner child healing work? I do inner child work, like healing in my my program that I do where it is really starting to learn those patterns. And I think that's what it really comes down to is understanding where the story started because lots of the times where that story started was when you were a child. I would say most of the time it started when you were a child. So it's creating, the biggest thing I would say is creating that space to connect with yourself and lots of the times that's going to start one by your intuition and trusting your intuition and and knowing that hey you get to be your own greatest guidance and then two it's creating that space to sit in meditation to allow yourself to journal like free write and a stream of conscious writing and write a forgiveness letter to her and say hey 
I'm sorry for all the times that you didn't feel seen. I'm sorry for all the times that I didn't allow you to be your true self. I'm sorry for all of the times when you didn't feel heard. And rather than speaking up for yourself, I just allowed myself to be quiet. I'm sorry for all the times that you wanted to go out and play and do all of these things and I told you that we couldn't do it. And I think that's a beautiful way to start that first bridge of connection is really just writing a forgiveness letter to yourself, which will be the hardest thing. And yes, like you're saying, it's awkward. Why are you gonna write a forgiveness letter to yourself? But I promise once you start and just say, I forgive you for, I am sorry for it, mm -hmm just like floodgates open and it's incredible. Yes, oh, incredible, I love it. And also I did find myself the other day feeling feeling that bit of either like frustration or anger and then sort of either tossing it to the side and pretending and ignoring that it's not there. I decided to really, okay, become curious about it. Okay, where is this coming from? Why am I feeling this this way right now? What's going on inside? And send it love, send it compassion. Yes, I love that you said I became curious about it because I think lots of the times when we go into the understanding, we can go into, again, wounded masculine energy. We're like, okay, I need to control this. I need to fix it. Whereas you were very much, it was this lean back energy. It's like, where's this coming from? This is curious. I'm interested in this. And then you just allowed it to be. And it's when we allow ourselves to feel it that we end up processing it without needing to make it mean anything about you. It's just like, oh, where, this is sudden. This is new. Where's this coming from? Wasn't expecting this today, but here we are. <laughs> yes. So now I would love to dive into your own work that you do. So as a Reiki and EFT practitioner, can you kind of explain the inner healing work that can happen for each? Yes, of course. So with the chakras, for those who aren't familiar, there's seven chakra systems in our body. We actually have more than seven chakra systems, but with each, each of it holds their own energy. And like we talk about with limiting beliefs, we hold lots of those limitations in each of those chakras. So essentially with Reiki, it is, it is the practice of like, channeling energy like working energy through your hands and doing clearing out all of your chakra system so that essentially you have all the systems open meaning that energy can flow freely through you something that's been really really pivotal for myself and on my journey and i just want to preface this to say that if therapy works for you then i am so incredibly happy that it did for myself i found i saw quite a few therapists and i just felt like I was going in and saying the same thing over and over and over again. And I was coming out feeling worse than when I went in every single mm -hmm. session. I was like, okay, there has got to be a better way for me. And that's where I found EFT, which is emotional freedom technique tapping. And that has massively changed how quickly I'm able to shift and work through uncomfortable situations, limitations, limiting beliefs, even like you're saying, okay, if I was feeling angry and frustrated or like fear was coming up for me, it's getting curious about it. And then how can we process the energy quicker? And so with EFT, we tap on meridian points in our body. And really what that allows us to do is to regulate our nervous system. So that fight or flight response in our bodies, 
and lots of times when we're feeling those feelings, we go into fight or flight. Why am I feeling this way? Why We allow it to overwhelm ourselves. We give it meaning. We overthink it. And then we're just absolutely drained and done for the day. Versus when you can tap through it and say, I'm feeling really angry right now and I don't know why. And as you tap, you start to understand and uncover where it's coming from while also processing it really quite quickly. It's kind of it in a nutshell. (laughs) I do need to start, I think, tapping a bit more. I'm signed up for this free gathering, a virtual gathering. Jen something does a tapping experience for just anyone who is interested. I literally felt the shifts happening. Right? I was emotional. I was... I love EFT just like I have so many clients for EFT just for like life coaching but I pair this with my business coaching containers and the one-to-one business coaching and it is phenomenal the shifts they see in their business like beliefs that have been holding them back for years or if they've been feeling stuck and like hey I'm doing all the things and it's just not working there's likely something in your energy in your beliefs that is blocking from what you believe is possible so when we can combine the like mindset and energy with the strategy changes things (laughs) exactly no but you can attest to it too right like you come out of a session going I don't know how that worked but it worked (laughs) Uh, it's it's like sometimes it doesn't need an explanation you know, for things. It is so hard to explain how it works. Like I can explain it all, but just try it. And I promise you it's going to (laughs) work. Trust it. Yeah. My very last question I have for you is what are triggers and how can we learn to let them teach us something about ourselves rather than push them away and make them as something that is shameful or instill guilt in us or whatnot? Yes. Amazing. Okay, cool. So a trigger Exactly like it says, it's anything that triggers an emotional response in us that I would say that leans more to the uncomfortable side. And really, anybody in our life, it's they're literally just mirrors for us. Maybe you see a woman who's out, I don't know, on the street, rocking this outfit that you never ever imagined possible that you would be in, and you're triggered because you're like, who is she to think that she can wear that? And really, maybe on the inside, there's a part of you that's like, oh, I just wish that I could wear that, right? Or maybe you're somebody who sees on Instagram, people make life look so easy. Like they have so much time and they're talking to you about, just make yourself a priority. Just, you can't pour from an empty cup. You're like, yeah, well, do you work full time? And do you do this, that, and the other thing? And please tell me what kind of time you have, right? So a trigger (laughs) is really just an indication for ourselves of where we have the opportunity to learn more about ourselves, to learn more about what might need to be healed, what needs to be felt, and maybe even just a part of ourselves that's kind of been stagnant or that we've been ignoring. So like you said, it really does allow for the most beautiful lessons to occur in our life because it never means It never means anything about you. It's just lots of the times this part of ourselves that we've it kind of just been ignoring, kind of like that inner child that we don't even know is there is actually there. It's her going like, me, me, pay attention to me, right? (laughs) But it and again, like you said, it's not it's not making it mean anything about you. I think too often we're really quick to give meanings to things 
that don't need to mean anything other than it's just, it's feedback and it's information and you get to take what feels good and what doesn't, what doesn't really feel, I know aligned is really, really overused, but what really doesn't feel aligned, you get to understand, okay, why does this not feel aligned? What do I need to do for this to be in my highest and greatest alignment? What in this needs to shift? What in me might need to shift? And if it's something that's just triggering in you where you can't quite figure it out, then it's maybe not time to pick it up yet and it will come back to you and you will be triggered again, I promise you, when you're ready to look at it again. Wow, amazing. Thank you for sharing that. And I would love to know, where can listeners connect with you, Jess? So they can connect with me on Instagram at I am Jess Kwasney. I also have an incredible podcast, which Victoria is going to be a guest on. It is Woken Worthy. But yes, Instagram is where it goes down. You can see me and my French bulldog, Ari. She's a bundle of joy. She's absolutely crazy, but all the things are there. (laughs) So I will definitely put those in the show notes. So give her a follow, listen to her podcast. And my signature question that I love to ask at the end of the episodes with my guests is what does it mean to blissfully bloom? I think it just means treating this whole journey as a lifelong learning experience. You have the absolute responsibility to wake up every single day and to learn more about you learn more about what you love and what you want in life and just when you say blissfully bloom I just feel like you are your own flower that's opening up for yourself learn more about yourself peel away those layers so that you're not spending day after day wondering who it is that you are but you're walking confidently in life authentically raw honest vulnerable as yourself every single day Oh, that just touched my heart. I love that. So beautifully said. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today, Jez. I just appreciate you sharing your wisdom with us today, but thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. This has been so much fun. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Woke and Worthy podcast. I hope that this episode has helped you in gaining more clarity and confidence to start taking massive inspired action in your life and business. If you love this episode, it would mean so much to me if you would take a second to rate and review it. Each review helps us to help more entrepreneurs just like you create a life and business that they are obsessed with. And don't forget to take a screenshot, share it on your Instagram stories, and tag me at I am Jess Kwasney. We'll see you back here next week.